Hello everyone, and welcome back again to Coffee Chats with Sam. I am thrilled to be your host today and to start off with today's new episode with a recurring topic and theme of marriage and feminism or feminism and marriage, whatever you want to say. But before we begin, let's make sure you guys have that fresh cup of coffee right next to you because I sure do. And let's get into PMP. And for those of you unfamiliar with PMP, I mean Pride and Prejudice. All right, so as a kind of sum up from last of my last podcast, um, I briefly mentioned kind of feminism and marriage and just kind of wanting to get into this kind of theme that's very ongoing in Pride and Prejudice, which is kind of just seen through our main protagonist, Elizabeth Bennett. But before I kind of go into that, I was kind of influenced um, through my AP government class. We have been talking about civil rights movements, and one of the main ones is just women's rights. And I was like, wow, this really connects with Pride and Prejudice, and I can totally use this for my podcast today. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do, kind of just going into the whole idea of defying gender norms, right? And someone who defines, defies gender norms we see Elizabeth Bennett. She is the perfect persona for this. She is unbelievably stubborn and reluctant to compromise. She kind of just believes that a female must love before marriage. She does not have to go under these norms. She can kind of just be her own person and make her own generalization of what a woman should be like. So she does not agree with her family on certain feministic qualities. She's kind of like this early feminist we see who kind of believes in a simplistic, equal treatment, and she really cares to set aside pride and just focus on a life that's more than just finding that sole partner in marriage. But in contrast, we also see women who are very, very different from Elizabeth. Elizabeth is seen kind of as a strange this strange creature who kind of just on her own, you know, she has her own beliefs. Because Mrs. Bennett, her mother, is still trying to find suitable and agreeable men for her daughters, including Jane, Lydia, and of course Elizabeth. But woman who, and I guess you can say marriage was just a very big deal during this time. Um, Woman who did not marry at a very young age, between the age of like 15 all the way to the age of around 27, and even then you're kind of cutting it a little late. Um, Women who were not married at that, between in that time range of age, were seen as a little bit with disrespect and disgrace to their family name, and we kind of see this ongoing, kind of with Charlotte as well, who kind of is reluctant, but since still has to marry Mr. Collins, because she knew that if she did not, she would kind of get this disgrace and really bad entanglement on her family name. Um, and then, talking about feminism, we also kind of see our male characters kind of talk about this a bit. We have Mr. Darcy, who has this conversation with Miss Bingley, who is very, like I mentioned last time, superficial, cares about the outside, does not care about being a good person, and is very well against kind of Elizabeth's ideologies of what a female should be like. So Mr. and Darcy and Miss Bingley are discussing on what a proper and civilized woman should be like, and of course, the very bold Miss Bennet, who is unafraid to say, um, such a woman does not exist. She kind of, I guess, is speaking ill of her gender, and we see that this kind of attracts Mr. Darcy to Miss Bennet because Miss Bennet is 
very different from other females. I don't think any other female during this age would kind of go off to talk about her gender, saying that a woman could not be a perfect a perfect human being, that a woman could be whatever she wanted. She did not have to be perfect in reading, knowledge of literature, history, and all these other topics that are maybe unnecessary to others. She did not believe in such. She believed that she could set aside such generalizations and create her own female persona. She knew that these feminist qualities and this whole idea of having to be married at a young age did not necessarily have to pertain to her, nor did it have to pertain to anyone else. So she goes against these characteristics. And I want to come to a close a little bit because I don't want to come too far and end up jumping on to my next segment, which will be upcoming. Um, So I just want to thank you all and for all my listeners here today and every day for tuning in to Coffee Chats with Sam. I hope you all enjoyed what I had to say and kind of just gained some new insight on characters, dialogue, setting, symbols, and just really any and mainly the themes expressed through the notorious Pride and Prejudice. I hope to have you all again next time. Now, as you excuse me, I will be drinking my coffee and feel free to tune in next time or, of course, listen to my previous podcast. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Chats with Sam. I hope you're ready with your cold brew or your latte for an in-depth discussion about today's topic, family, title, and wealth. Now, this may seem like a rather bland topic, but promise me that once we get into it, we will have an ongoing view of the importance that family plays in society, specifically the society that our beloved Bennett, Darcy, and Bingley families lived in. So, to start off, keeping in mind that this is a Victorian age where royalty and loyalty to the crown in England were still of great importance. So, tying in with this comes social status. So, we also know that property, wealth, family, name, and connections were all really key to the true success in such a time. And even today, we still see this going on. So there was always the constant speaking about money and wealth and really just kind of this pride that we see between the different families. And it's not just men who are speaking about money and it's not just women who are interested in wealth. It is both the men and the women characters inside this novel. So we have Mrs. Bennett who is constantly thinking of riches and wealth for her daughters. Of course, she wants the best for her children because she's trying to be a great mother. But in her perspective, being a great mother is trying to set forth her daughters for nothing but success and wealth through marriage. And this kind of shows off like a snotty character in a way because she's only really extremely happy for her daughters when they finally get that marriage to a wealthy man. And so we first kind of see this when um, we have the first daughter, Jane, who marries the wealthy Mr. Bingley. And this is something that one of the conquests that Mrs. Bennett was really working towards the entire novel, 
she like I said she was constantly talking about um basing the happiness through wealth for her daughters and she was just really showing off these superficial characteristics in a way kind of similar to our character of Miss Bingley so we have these people who are continuing to base off other people through their title and wealth and like I mentioned happiness is not wealth and I know that's a little bit of a cliche but we do see this with several other characters we see this with the miserable Mr. Darcy he could not find true happiness with all the wealth and property that he obtained even with his beautiful grounds and his mansion of a home until he finally met his beloved Lizzie who really changed his perspective on life and society and kind of to tie this scenario into with Mrs. Bennet and her ideas of that snotty like want for wealth and riches for her daughters, she was more content with Lizzie marrying and she did not really care about the happiness that Lizzie had found by finding a true love and soul that she cared about. She only cared about the riches and the large home that her daughter Lizzie would live in, a daughter who she thought she would never get um, obtain a marriage for. And then similarly, we also see another couple. We see Lydia and Mr. Wickham, a couple that we don't talk about as much. However, uh, Mr. Wickham, he was a great friend, of course, with Mr. Bing, not Mr. Bingley, but of Mr. Darcy. So he had spent all his riches that he had received from Mr. Darcy's father, and he ended up landing a job as a soldier. That was the only way he could sustain a living. And so he ends up figuring out a way to marry Lydia. And he asks for about 10,000 pounds to marry Lydia, which is extremely insane during that time because that is an immense amount of money. And Darcy tries to help out, of course, as much as he loves Elizabeth Bennet. He tries as much as he can to really try to get Elizabeth Bennet to notice him once again. And another person that we have of great wealth is Lady Catherine de Bourgh. She is kind of thought too highly of herself and her family. She did not approve of Darcy and Lizzie's marriage. She really thought it was a terrible mix between blood. She did not approve of them whatsoever. She even went to the home of the Bennets to talk to Lizzie to make sure that she would not marry Mr. Darcy, trying to promise Lizzie that she could never do such a thing because it was a disgrace and would be a disgrace to their family name. So she's one of these folks that really cares about keeping inheritance within bloodline and she is not the only one who tries to do this. Just like her, she is only one of the prime examples of the many people during this time who really care about their wealth and just keeping that pride and title name. And all of these characters kind of just truly depicted the whole cinematic importance that social hierarchy and statue really played and continue to play in society today.